The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen-shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deek speaking. Everyone relax. This is Toe Pop. <laughs> Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Faux Fop. I'm Will Anderson and a returning guest, Charlie Clawson. Sam Mack is here. Hello, Sam. How hey, are Will. You? Thank you for having me on. It's good to be here uh, in your hotel room by candlelight. Oh, you just blew out the candle. I blew out the candle, That was to yeah. lure me in. Right, what you said, you were the one who was sus from the start. Like you said, when you were knocking on my hotel door, it felt like in, like it's just a hotel, mate. It's essentially my apartment for this month while I'm here. Yeah, but I don't know. There's something about, like, because I didn't know whether I needed a swipe card to get up to your level at level 29. All right, you've made it. You've hit the big time. Well done. City views. Congratulations. Mate, just by the way, I could watch football in the MCG (laughs) from this balcony. Like, this is uh, the best view in all of Melbourne. I I feel like Batman. I just stand out there at night when all the city's sparkling and I pretend I am Batman. Batman watching football games. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there's something strangely, it feels strangely sexual to be knocking on a hotel door. Uh-huh. Not that I've ever been involved in any sort of Craig Thompson type activities. I just... what, what do you think uh, is like, why do you think it's sexual to knock on someone's hotel door? Because I think like if you're supposed to be in that hotel room, you should have a swipe pass. Oh, okay. So you don't need to knock. <laughs> but like the, the housekeeper will knock or the, you know, the porters or the, like anyone who works for the hotel room service, they all knock. Yeah, but they also, Minibar? they announce who they are and what their intentions are within two seconds of that knock. Oh, like, right. So, so if I'm going, the only one, yeah. <laughs> Minibar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. But so if someone's no, like, no one ever goes, hooker. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm, you know, they're, they're pointing out very quickly that there's no threat of sexual, right. you know, there's nothing. Do you think that's what they're saying? Yes. Do you think the reason, do you think in maid training, they say, look, just immediately after you knock, make sure you say it's the maid. So just for a second, they don't think it's about sex. <laughs> All right, answer me this. I mean, you spend a lot of time in hotels. A lot. More, t- more time in hotels than I do in my own house. Yeah. When you order room service, yes. if it's an attractive girl who delivers the room service... Yes. Is there? I mean, obviously, nothing's going to happen. But is right. there that little, that little flicker of? Do I have a moment where I think I should like, <laughs> I, I should sexually assault this person <laughs> no, in their workplace? No, that is not because that I'm, does that seem is, to me what you're suggesting. That you thought that that I should disrespect this person's job <laughs> by flirting with them like every fat, rich arsehole who thinks he can buy anything. That is, you know what? She's not for sale. You, no, that you went. I wasn't my good that morals at man. all. I was thinking. I've romance. never even thought about romance. I was thinking not once. How? Why could never. you meet a future wife if she's delivering your creme brulee at one a.m.? I mean. Well, because of that. It's like, who who wants to get married to a dude who's ordering creme brulee at one o'clock in the morning? And then she's never going to let me go on tour again because all she thinks I'm up to. Like, I'm like, no, honey, I'm working really hard for you and the kids. And she's like, I know what you're up to, fucking room service people at one, one o'clock in the morning and at 107 celebrating with a creme brulee. 
I regret I ever brought that Getting up. Getting creme brulee every night on the road. <laughs> I'm sorry I brought it up. All right, what else are we talking about? No, well, I mean, so you've come come to uh, my hotel room. You stay in hotels as well. You travel around on the road for work. Like, yeah. You know, you're doing your stuff for Channel 10, and yet they send you all over the place. In fact, you were in Brisbane just this morning. We're in Melbourne during the Melbourne International Comedy yeah. Festival, but you were in Brizzy this morning. I was. Why, why were you in Brisbane? Uh, because I like to give something back. Oh, yeah? What do you like to give back? Not sure if you're Brisbane. familiar. Blood today. Red Cross. Helping out the Red Cross, a uh, bit oh, of yeah, charity, nuts. the C word. Um, yeah, with the Sa- other C words. <laughs> <laughs> with Sam Thiday, uh, the Broncos player who was also involved in this campaign. So they just right. sent me down there to meet him. And the whole idea was to encourage more young blokes to give blood. To because give blood. What, what they were telling us is a lot of young guys will give blood yeah. once. Why only once? <laughs> Because they almost they, they think that it's almost like they feel right, they've done, done their duty. They're I've like, given yeah, my blood. Gave some, probably That's saved some lives. High five, well done. Well, what do you mean there's a shortage? What about that blood I gave you 15 years ago? Yeah. What happened to that? Yeah, and I don't want this to turn into like a big ad, even though it is a great cause, but I didn't even know this. If you give blood once, and it takes you about you know five minutes of sitting there with a thing in your arm, but yeah. it, the process takes about 45 minutes, right? You get a free biscuit. You get biscuits today at the place in Brisbane, the Red Cross. You get sausage rolls, which Sam Thiday was loving. He was raving about the sausage rolls. Sausage rolls. rolls. We were there to talk to him about Red Cross. Right. He wanted to talk about sausage rolls. Yeah, I bet his coach from his major sporting <laughs> team will be wrapped that Sam was down, not only getting injected in something that the league probably doesn't condone, and then knocking back sausage yeah. rolls. We found traces of sausage rolls in your sister, <laughs> Sam. <laughs> um, but it's you give blood once. Yep. Very simple, quick process. You can potentially save three lives with that. Uh-huh. I didn't know that stat, and that's that's pretty awesome when you think about it like that. Three you know, people lives. with cancer and and things like that can really be helped. So yeah, let's let's put it out there. More, do more you young think guys should do that. It. Like there should be a system where. And look, I mean, maybe this is a cruel thing to say, but say just statistically, maybe I'm not saying this is what we should be doing. I'm just there's no there's no bad ideas, okay. right? Yeah. This is like just a brainstorm session. I'm just a brainstorm session. Yeah. But like, if you're saving three lives every time you give blood, mm. should there be some sort of system? Like you know, when you go to the oh. coffee shop, right, yeah. and you get a little <laughs> stamp. Yes, there should. And once you get to a certain amount of blood that you've given, you can take one life. <laughs> oh, right. Oh wow. I wasn't. I didn't think it was going there. Well, for every like, say, it'll be a big. Number. I'm not saying it should be like, but like, what sort say, of number are we talking? I don't know. Like, I reckon. Well, what's one life worth in like thousands of lives? If you could, you know, give one life for thousands of lives, what's the number where you go? This is a sacrifice. That I mean, this is a big conundrum, and hopefully, you'll mm. never have to make this decision. Yeah, yeah. Like, apart from on this podcast, <laughs> but, but you know, you're in a situation where you're like, okay, well, you can kill this one person, and in return, you will save this thousand other people oh that's great but I mean the killing but, thing but isn't... if you don't you have to ki- but you have to kill the people see that's the thing mm. you don't have to kill the thousand can you choose how you kill them yeah okay. up to you that's what I mean like once you get the certain amount <laughs> I mean I love and this maybe it's higher than that maybe it's like you have to save 10,000 lives before you can kill one yeah, person yeah but... I'm not sure this is in line with the Red Cross's brand values right. but oh I... no no this is an offshoot <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yeah I'll well, I was thinking more you just – it becomes part of your um, – you, you get an official sort of stat, you know, like right. if you if you go to, you know, Will Anderson's Facebook page, it says up the top, has currently saved 436 lives. Oh, yeah. Or it, maybe it's printed on your license, you get it updated every few months or, you know, just something that well, really – okay, can we get some ex- – like, okay, well, if we can't kill someone, I still <laughs> think that's an idea worth exploring. Maybe it's more like a Kickstarter and you know how there's different levels oh, of rewards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, if you give – 
if you save a million lives, you can kill someone, right? That's right up the top end. It happens rarely. And someone has saved a million lives, they can kill one person, right? And chances are, if they're a person who's so nice, they're willing to save a million lives, yeah. the person they want to kill is terrible. Yeah. And so they deserve to be able to kill that person, right? Yeah. But that's top end. Let's go down a bit. Right. Like, I, I, I like your idea about the license or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Where it might be that sort of thing, if you've given a certain amount of blood, maybe you get like three extra points. On your, on your driver's license. Maybe yeah. you go through a speeding light camera. Maybe they're like, you know what? You've saved enough lives. I know today yeah. you didn't mean to, you We're know, sorry like, for wasting your time, sir. Yeah. Go through. You've probably got more lives to save today. Yeah, go and save some more lives. Yeah. Yeah, see, I think that would work. Yeah, that's good. Maybe you could just get like a, a tax refund of some kind. Oh, yeah. If you saved enough lives because you're taking pressure off the hospital system and that sort of thing. Or maybe it's just as simple, Sam, as uh, when you're in hospital, they consult how much blood... Like, so if anything ever happens to you and you oh. need blood, they consult how much blood you've given yeah. and you get the good blood. Quid pro quo. Right. But like, but, but you get a better class of blood. Yeah, this like is Like celebrity good. blood or like Hugh Jackman <laughs> blood or something. Oh, can you choose you can choose. celebrities? Oh, if you have enough. If you get enough points up. Are they only celebrities in your country or international? Because wouldn't it take longer to get, you know, say, um, Conan O'Brien's blood from LA to Australia? Would that be... Too big a task. Well, no, no. What what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go around the world and I'm going to get the celebrities involved giving blood that can be, you know, the prizes for everybody else to get involved. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm the bono of blood. <laughs> Forget blood diamonds. I'm all about blood. Right. I'm yeah. turning blood into diamonds. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so you, I collect all the celebrity blood. And if you get up to a certain level, because that'd be a cool thing. If you were a massive Kanye fan or whatever, imagine if you were like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've actually got some uh, Kanye blood in me. I saved a million people. Yeah. Now I'm uh, partly Kanye. <laughs> and I'm suddenly you're Kanye. a better dancer. Yeah, just <laughs> rapping just... well. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. I yeah. think that's great. I actually think that is a good idea. That's the idea. We did. We it. had to go through a lot. Yeah, we. It took I was, us a little I was while. pretty keen on killing, killing people. people. Yeah, <laughs> I sort of I steered it back in the right direction. No, I appreciate that. That's good to have a good <laughs> brainstorming session, so I don't run off half cocked with my first idea. So we're gonna kill people. I just hope the Red Cross management listened to the whole exploration of that idea and didn't right. sort of opt out after the. The suggestion oh, of murdering people. Yeah, they were like, oh, well, that'll do. First ideas are always the best, <laughs> yeah. right, guys? Endorsed by Will Anderson. I should give more blood. I should um, – at one stage I wasn't allowed to give blood because there's a period of time after you uh, have a tattoo that you're not allowed to give blood. Oh, right. Yeah. I don't know what it is. You but- know what? This now makes sense because I said to them the other day that I was going to give blood and I got a call yesterday from um, someone involved with the process and he asked me, you know – when was the last time you engaged in sexual intercourse? Have yep. you had unprotected any, sex? Yeah, have you had any sort of fluids near your mouth? Yeah, and he asked me all of these very, very personal questions, yep. and he did it in a professional manner. But yep. and he kind of explained at the top, "I'm going to mm-hmm. ask you personal questions." Yeah, but and then he said, "And I'm also taking my pants." Off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the problem was. Yes, today is April 2nd. Yeah. Yesterday oh, was, it was April, April 1st. 1st. I was so on guard just thinking that anything right. that was happening to me. It's just I'm due pretending. Any job offer, right. like any, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I Did started- they ask you about gay sex? Because they used to ask about gay sex, whether you were in, like, because that's a higher risk category. They asked their- They asked about sex. They said with a man or a woman. Oh, okay, so, yeah, right. yeah. Okay, well, that's, yeah, right. Yeah. But, yeah, but, like, but if it was one of your friends, that's where you go, uh, and you'd be like, with a man? And you'd be like, no, and then like, are you sure? Yeah, like, yeah. you haven't even thought about it? But this guy was dancing like, on the edge because he was. 
was like, oh right, he was sort of. Well, they he, need to know. He had a sense right? of humour about yeah. it, but uh, yes. Yeah, so well, because I, I imagine if you're ringing people up all day and asking <laughs> them whether they had sex with a man or a woman recently, <laughs> but that is a tough job to do on April first. Like right. he would have been making those calls all day. There are certain jobs, I guess, on April first that. Like, you know, like you don't want to be at the doctor's surgery for the terrible results on April 1st in the morning, do you? It's like, I know I shouldn't have booked this in today. This is. A... Um, all right. So uh, you, that was good, though. I like that. I like to have. I, I want to give more back because I think that we can do this all the time, that yeah. we should try to give more back. And I'm an organ donor. Are you an organ donor? Uh, yes, I am. Yep. Yeah. Australian men in particular, Americans listening, um, but you should be quite proud of yourself. America has one of the highest rates of organ donation mm. in the world. Uh, but Australian men in particular uh, go way behind on organ donation. Why do you think that is? Um, I don't think there's ever been a great big campaign explaining to people here about it. Mm-hmm. I think if it was like – so at the moment it's an opt-in system, right? Yeah. So you have to actually – and yeah. But if it was an opt-out system – yeah. Like, pe- and, I think Typical it should be. Australians would be too lazy to opt out. Right. Well, I've got to fill in a form. Nah, mate. Take whatever you, take you, what want. you want, mate. <laughs> you know what? When I die, I'll stagger out to the nature strip and it'll be like hard rubbish night. You just come up, you take whatever you want. What's mine is yours. Can't take it with you, right, fellas? All right, let's watch footy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I think it should be an opt out. Yeah, system. I agree. Because then if people have like, because it's okay for people not to want that, mm. and it's okay for people who have religious objections and yeah. that sort of thing. But I think that most people don't actually care. But the second thing, the hardest thing apparently about organ donation is even if you are a registered donor, your family, immediate family, have the choice like when you die to overrule. Do your, they? Yeah. So at the moment, and it's kind of a convention because no one wants like. We were talking about another incident uh, off air, and we, I won't go into it because yeah. it was an Australian thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we were talking about the idea that this person had a point, and somebody who was an upset mother of somebody who'd recently died had the opposite point. Yeah, and we were both saying, even if we agreed with without the point, one of those moments you just go, you know what, you know more about this than me. Yeah, you step away from the it's conversation. It's just a respect right? thing, you know, and considering I, what they're going through. I think that's the same in hospitals. I think there's a lot of if the family are really distraught and they don't want it, it's more like I think if they took it to court or whatever i'm sure they could go you know but yeah they just go wow that's won't. really interesting but yeah so you have to explain to your friends and family that you're also an organ donor yeah by the way i'm very positive about organ donorship but i am doing nothing to keep my organs in good shape <laughs> <laughs> so while i'm passionate about the topic my organs will be worth fuck all <laughs> what do you think is like the most <laughs> the, the least useful organ that you could potentially donate. Well, I mean, my, my liver is buggered. Unless somebody like who's... He's ne- holding a beer while yeah. he says that. <laughs> Unless somebody's like, oh my God, I'm an actor who has never um, drunk before and I'm method, <laughs> right? And I need to immediately know what it feels like to have drunk all your life. <laughs> Can I get somebody else's liver yeah. transplanted into me? Yeah, we've got just the guy. Right. He just died <laughs> at, in a pub. <laughs> so I think he's the right guy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, liver, um, I think all my stuff because my hip is a bug. Like it's not like there's many of my parts of my body that yeah. are in particularly good shape, to be honest. I get sad when I hear you talk about your hips being buggered. Some I, people do. I so, remember I, 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 it's I, been a couple of years in your festival show yeah. last year, maybe the year before. I sort of, so I kind of, so three years ago, it got a little tiny mention. 
Yeah. And then last year I actually kind of explained a bit more about like what it was all about. Yeah. And then this year in the show I tell a story about a seventy-year-old woman giving me sex advice, <laughs> which is one of my favorite stories I've ever told on stage. And almost everything I say in it is like it, it normally in comedy, you know, you add some sugar. We're not yeah. making documentaries. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're trying to make people laugh. But this story pretty much came out <laughs> as it happened. Yeah. I pretty much just tell the story and it's one of my favourite pieces I've ever done. Well, I get I get a little, you know, look, you know, I'm fine. I'm not going to break down. Okay, but I do yeah. get a bit sad because right, I Sam? think, you know, it's... Um, it makes you seem a lot older than you are. Right. Like, you're well, not, no, you're not that old. It's, it makes me seem about the age I am. No. 40. You don't I'm have 40. hip problems at 40, though, do you? Well, I know. But like, like, you're an average person. Like, I still have my isn't hip- that more of a sort of 60-plus? Yeah, oh, my hips, you but know. But you know what? Sam? Although Shakira sang about it at quite a young yeah, age. Yeah, I mean, you know that, that was more about the honesty or otherwise of her hips. Mm, how honest are your hips? I mean, look, I, I feel like... Like, do they tell you that they're really healthy yeah. when you go to walk downstairs? <laughs> I mean, sometimes. <laughs> Actually, sometimes. You can do this, Will. You're yeah. absolutely fine. My hips... Hips don't lie like uh, uh, constantly, right? But sometimes I would tell a white lie. To, well, I'm aware know. of this because I remember the time that um, <laughs> Kyle put your hips on the lie detector. Oh, I, I remember yeah, yeah. that very well. Ask them about their first sexual experience. <laughs> yeah, they were still waiting for it. <laughs> I um yeah, it's. I think that there's certain things about aging that, like, when you're my age, that become a bit more apparent. Can right? we talk about some of them? Yes. Like grey hair. Grey hair is a Because you one. mentioned that the other day when I spoke to you. Yeah. So I have grey hair now. You got on the front foot with it. Yeah. Uh, we were doing a chat for um, the hit TV show Wake Up on Channel mm. 10. Right. And this is uh, officially the most people have ever heard of that. Yeah. Your, your, <laughs> hip, your hips should have said that statement. Um, <laughs> and, and right at the start of the interview... Yeah, we were talking about you know how the show's going, the fact that it's your nineteenth year doing yep. the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, which is brilliant. And you said, yeah, you know, but things are different now. Like you know, my hips are falling apart. I've got grey hair, and and I hadn't really noticed that that you do have because it's not like grey grey hair. It's like you've got bits of grey in it, right. but it's also grey, definitely grey around the sides. Yeah, so, like if I get it cut, you can definitely see grey grey in the so sides. So how long has it been like hinto, as in hint of grey? Yeah, no hinto. I got what you were saying there. <laughs> Hinto Grey? Yeah, no, thanks for explaining that for no one. <laughs> well, you get quite cranky when you're old, don't you? Well, me hips hurt, me hair's grey. And then you come in with your young so people. Like, <laughs> I invited you on my wireless show. I, um, I, I've dyed my hair for the last 20 years. What? Shut up. Of course you know that. I I've, honestly didn't know that. Yeah, well, it used to be like dyed different colours when I was like younger and groovier. And Well, I know you went through the streak phase. Yeah. Most was, people did. There was all sorts of like weird shit going on in my hair for oh. about like my Triple J years were all different coloured hair. Experimental. And then like uh, for the last few years, because I was like rocking that uh, sort of, I guess, rockabilly style yep. look. Like it, it was like I would also get it coloured a bit darker because yeah. that kind of like goes with what it is. Yeah, cool. And... Over Christmas this year, I turned 40 and there was just something about me that did, like I've always dyed my hair because it was the look of, you know, what went with the look. Yeah, I was sure. never dyeing it for like, in a just for men, oh, I don't want anyone to think that I'm great. <laughs> right, right. Because I didn't know that I was great, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I'd been dyeing it for so long. Every time I would go to the hairdresser and he would cut it back, he'd give me a bit of, 
you're going to be great. <laughs> but I never kind of had it out long enough for me to notice that. Yeah. So over summer, I turned 40 and I didn't want to be, you know, you turn 40, you don't want to be the guy who's like, oh, look at him, you know, Mr. Dyes his hair, like right. way past when you should be dyeing your hair. Yeah, I know what you mean. There's okay. part of me that's like. So it was 40, it was that number that just kind of. Made you feel oh, I don't want to. I don't want to live a lie anymore. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. I came out and we're going to support you, man. Yeah, I'm a grey, grey pride. <laughs> yeah, I actually went to the Grey Pride March. It's a very slow march. It's really. Why are you limping today? Oh my god, we had to sit down so many times, have a cup of tea. I mean, <laughs> well, is it is it different for you now though? Like, because. I, I, you know, always kind of see you as the young, almost, and it's been thrown around in articles and bits and pieces, kind of like the rock star comedy thing. Do yep. you feel that you're in a different realm now? You're heading into a different realm with that? Because obviously every year at the festival you see, you know, young 18, 19, talented people coming through. Yep. And you were saying before, 19th year, like you... These kids, some of them were born the year that you started your shows here. Oh, it's ridiculous. Is a strange feeling? Yeah, there are comedians who... Like, we're not born when I started doing this Amazing. festival that I'm doing gigs with. So I just think you've got to recognise that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I love, like, the young comedians. Like, I've always been a person who's nothing but inspired by every yeah. generation that goes through. Like, I learn as much from them as they will ever, if they want my time to talk about things, will learn from me. You yeah. know, I love having those conversations because I'm getting more out of them than they are. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, you know, like it's it's fantastic for me to kind of, you know, hear what inspired them and why they're getting into them and what they think comedy is about. And, you know, after a while you start to – it's good to be challenged by new ideas, even if you don't agree with them necessarily. Yeah. Like, um, So that keeps you enthusiastic. I, I think from my point of view, like the thing that keeps me wanting to come out and like the reason that I want to come out and do the best show I can do every year is I'm like, you know what? I – I, there's a still a bit of pride in me that's like I know all these kids are doing really, really amazing work. Yeah. And I know that even to be like still considered like an elder statesman in that industry, I have to try to do something that I think is equally amazing or, or better if I can. Absolutely, you know? yeah. And so it, I think it's great. Like it, it doesn't allow you to get lazy. Um, I love like seeing all the new people. But I'm also aware of the fact that it's it's interesting with my show this year, Sam, yeah. that I, I – um, I had a couple of reviews that kind of missed the point, which is fine because I kind of knew going into this show I was doing something a bit different. Right. And I knew that some – I wanted to have a lightness of touch about it. Okay. And if what you sacrifice with a lightness of touch – yeah, we've all seen those comedy festival shows where like, you know, the last five minutes they explain to you what the rest of the show was about and then my happiness plays while they cry. <laughs> you know, I <laughs> – <laughs> right. I didn't want it to be that sort of show, yeah. you know. I wanted it to be the sort of show that you could take, like, on face of value as like just a straight stand-up show, mm-hmm. but like on a different level, it's a it's a parable about storytelling. Uh, the structure of the show is actually the theme of the show, which that life is a kind of random series of things that seem random at the time, but what yeah. we do is we pull them all together to tell the story, and that is literally what I do in the show. Yeah. I say all these things that at the time seem random and as you get towards the end of the show they weave in and in which to me sounds great and sounds fascinating and really interesting but probably isn't a closer like if you came out and just said that exact (laughs) summary so guys just so you're aware of it and I've come back out just one more thing I wanted to say this is what you've just witnessed yeah but then my happiness happiness. and I cry that's the bit you're missing oh no there's a picture of my dog and everyone's like oh his dog died dog's not even dead (laughs) and it wasn't your dog (laughs) 
Scooby-Doo. No one even noticed. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds really cool. So um, what are you saying then, the light touch? and So uh, what I'm trying to do is write something that's really about me. So uh, the place I'm at in my life at the moment is that I have just moved overseas yeah. more permanently to take a risk to go and try to do that. So I tell that story because I always think that the best way to tell a story is uh, in retrospect, mm-hmm. maybe. Like looking back, it's hard to sometimes evaluate what you're learning from life in the moment. Yeah. You look back on the stories and you put it together. And so I'm telling a story about the first time I did a comedy in America, which was yeah. 10 years ago. But I'm really telling that story about what I'm going through now. Someone starting this new life, this life of adventure, this life that I've been starting on from the minute I left the farm that my dad has lived on all his life was I wanted to have adventures. I wanted to go and do things. I've always been a person who wanted to go and take risks. Yeah. Now – there's that's the story of the show in that I like it's all about my adventures and the things that I'm doing but also if you think about it well I would like to think if you think about it you're like oh and he's taking a risk with this show as well like somebody sure. it was really funny I got one review where somebody like it was in the same review and it was a really positive review but like when somebody just misses two points that I just think are amazingly obvious right. where you're like and the, their big thing is like, uh, I wish th- there seemed like there was a couple of safe options. There's not every single every single thing in the show. I've worked so hard on this show. Every single thing means something. At yeah. the moment you see it, sometimes my whole job that I've been doing is trying to distract you from what it means. Really, but if you think about it, at the end, it all needs to be there. Right. But the second thing was that, that sometimes they go, oh, you know, I wish like you know, some of it seemed a bit safe. I wish you'd like done some jokes about you know gay marriage or but you know things that I've talked about. But you've before. done a lot on that stuff, haven't you? Well. To me, that would be safe, Sam. Yeah. I could go home and write five minutes on gay marriage tonight and do it in the show tomorrow. Yeah. But that's the same shit I've been doing every year. Yeah, I get and it. And I yeah. wanted, I was passionate about that. But now I'm telling you a different story, you know, a more complex and intricate and more revealing story. And the other thing she said was, she goes, oh, and there was this one bit where he talked about being a white person going to the Outback Steakhouse and it really seemed actually – and we, we talked about it being racist and it seemed quite disrespectful to people who experience real racism. And I'm like <sighs> – um, if you know me, and which you have implied from your article, yeah. do you think that when I talk about being a white 40-year-old man going to the Outback Steakhouse and finally <laughs> experiencing racism and then turn to the audience and go, hey, guys, racism is terrible, <laughs> that I'm not actually making the fucking point that, like, you know, I mean, the, the actual opposite of the thing you wrote in the review. If you yeah. thought for just yeah. five more seconds before you typed, you might have gone... Oh, actually, maybe that's what he's doing, but with a lightness of touch that's meant to provoke you. Right, okay. But I think that if you take risks, if you are a person who does try to remodel yourself, if you're a person who, you know what? You've got to be cool with the fact that not everyone's going to see exactly what you're doing. Only I've got to see what I'm doing. That's the sort of difference and that's a very long-winded way of me answering the question. No, it's that, really interesting because I haven't seen the show yet. Yeah. But, I, yeah. but that is the difference between me 10 years ago here and me now, which is I would have been much more influenced by what other people thought I should be doing, what the reviews that I should be doing. And like I said, most of it's been really positive, but there's just been a couple of jarring ones where you went – like where I went, they didn't get it is 
because sometimes I think you can't just go, they didn't get it. If you see a couple that don't get it, yeah. the question you've got to ask yourself is, am I, as the artist, communicating the message that I'm trying to communicate enough that most people get it? Yeah. Maybe the problem, the reason they're not getting it is because, you know, I've gone too far the other way in, yeah. in burying the message, yeah, and right? Yeah, the disappointing thing is that this person who doesn't get it is then sharing that view to, you know, thousands of people. Weirdly enough, I don't care so much about that because I always think that even in those reviews, the things I, – I, I kind of feel like word of mouth is what – you know, the show is about anyway. Yeah. But it's more just if you see a couple of them, My in my own mind, I start to go, because I can't interview everyone who comes to the show. Like I get anecdotal feedback. Mm. My favourite feedback that I've got about this show, and I think it's it makes a lot of sense, yeah. is that people who've seen like my last four or five shows, they love this show because they have a context. Like in the same way as when Arcade Fire's latest album came out, it wasn't reviewed in a vortex of people who'd never heard Arcade yeah, Fire. Yeah. They're like, Arcade Fire were this, they're now trying to be this, and even if they thought it was successful or unsuccessful, they reviewed it in a context. Yeah, yeah. And I found the people who come to my show every year, they love this show. Awesome. I think that maybe some people who just come in and they may be like, why don't you just tell jokes about ads like on the telly? <laughs> maybe they're a little bit more like, right. why is it? four big stories that all weave in and out of each other and then oh my god is he like oh my god are you saying that the meaning of this show is actually in the structure of, oh no 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 talking about fish and chips and game animal. but I but I also like uh, think that it's it's something that at my age at this point in the festival that I have to think about myself what my yeah. own challenges are totally. and what I'm trying to do because even if like yeah, you know, a bunch of my audience would have loved if I did a different version of last year's show. You know, came out and rallied against all those things that I rallied against last year with yeah. new jokes. They would have enjoyed it maybe this year, and maybe I'm going in a new direction a year before other people start to go. Oh, you know, this is getting a bit the same. Yeah, but but I need to now. I just need to like slightly shift, and it's the first step on another journey. Well, you're the guy who has to live it every night, and I think right. sometimes people not as involved in in that realm don't understand that side of it they just think you know you you get there and you say what you think's funny on the night right. a lot of people aren't aware of the fact that you know you tour the show for a year or and the most interesting thing about this show is this is the um first time i've done i've done nearly 30 shows now yeah and this is the only time ever in 30 shows i've never done the show the same way twice great and last night it was 80 minutes so it's like cocking in regularly somewhere between 65 and 80 minutes is it Without me like really doing much mucking around or other stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's a show I enjoy telling and it just every night it feels like it takes me that long to do. So for me, at this point of the year, like even external to all that other stuff, the fact that I have fucking eighty minutes of new stand up, I could not be more excited. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So yeah, no, it's fun. So what about you, Sam? Enough about me. People don't need me to hear me banging on about my show all the time. Uh, what's been going on with you? What's been exciting in your world? Well, I, I got to do drive another in, beer or yeah, you yeah, going, going, yeah, you talk and <laughs> this I'll is, This go is to when the... I remember that I'm not doing normal radio. <laughs> When you go, do you want another beer? Put the mic down on your copy of New Philosopher, yeah. which is on your on your desk, and you you literally go and get me beer. I did the Celebrity Grand Prix. Well, I called it the alleged Celebrity Grand Prix because I was in it, but I can tell you some of the other people who are in it when you're back. Yeah. It was um, one of the coolest things I've ever done, and I'm not in the slightest a car person. I'm not a thank you. I'm not a rev head. I'm not a you know adrenaline junkie in any sense of the word. But I absolutely love. Give them. me one more of those. I loved how you went car person, <laughs> yeah. rev head, uh, adrenaline, adrenaline junkie. junkie. One more. pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good, oh, but man. I want one more. Um, 
<laughs> I'm not a, a beefcake. No, that's more, that's more physical. I'm not a um, burnout enthusiast. I'm not, I'm not, no, that's all I've got. Yeah, okay, that was um, good though. I like that. You get trained by Mark Scaife. Uh, for those unaware, overseas, he's a V8 legend of Australia. Legend. Yeah, he's he's won Bathurst, won all the big races over here over many years. So he personally trains you. For- <laughs> what, I, what I love the most about that explanation, just by the way, is that, yes, you were right. I loved what you did there. You were kind of like, you know what? There's international people who listen to this. I'm going to put this in context. I'm going to explain to them who Mark Scaife is. And then you said he's won Bathurst. <laughs> Like people are like that made it worse. Oh, they don't watch it in like, LA. They're not. They don't tune they... into Bathurst weekend in LA. Mount Panorama? No, <laughs> no, they're not. Clipsal five hundred. Yeah, no. Adelaide. No. <laughs> okay. All right. He's I'm a good, sure He's are, a good but... driver. Yeah, he's um, good at driving cars. So he real trains fast. you. Yeah, and uh, and you then you with twenty of us drive. So what sort of cars are you driving? This is a bit where it doesn't sound as cool. Right. The Mazda 3. I mean, they're, right. they're great cars. Great car. Like, I right. think for the start of that conversation, because some of my mates who didn't see it actually said, you got to drive an F1. Oh, an F1? Nah. Nah. <laughs> no, I didn't get to drive nah. an F1. No, they don't just let any idiot drive an F1. They're worth millions of dollars. Yeah. They barely let the people who drive the F1s drive <laughs> the F1s. So you do your three days of training and then you get to drive on Albert Park, which is where they have the yeah, Melbourne where they Grand, have the Grand Prix. Prix. It's on the track. It's on the same yeah, track. Yeah, you drive on the yeah. actual Grand Prix yeah. track on the Grand Prix weekend, which is really yeah. exciting. Huge crowds. And on the Saturday, you have to drive to qualify. And then the main now, race actually, is on the Sunday. Actually, before you run me through this, because I want to have a context for yeah. you know what you're telling me about. Sure. Uh, who were the other celebrities? Who were highlights? You know? Okay, so... Brett Emerton, former Socceroo. Brett Emerton might be well known to people overseas. He played, you know, played in very, England. Yeah, big yeah, level Blackburn soccer Blackburn Rovers. Uh, yep. Robbie McEwen, who's a cycling legend. He's you yep. know he's been, I think, a green jersey at the Tour de France. Yep. And, yeah, so he's a big-time sports star. Mm-hmm. From the Winter Olympics, people like Tora Bright. Okay, yeah, Tora yeah. Bright. She's won a gold medal at the Winter Olympics. Exactly. Won a bronze, I think, this Olympics. Yeah, has a big following. Uh, Lydia Lassila, another Olympic yep. medalist. A lot of models, like Rachel oh, models. Finch. Okay, Finchy. Yeah. Um, former Miss. Uh, universe contestant that's Rachel right. Finch and uh, person who met her husband on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I met him as well. Yeah, Sherry. Lee I made Finch. a joke uh, about like that one day online. I was joking about I can't even remember what the context was, but I, like the, anyway, the punchline was going on Dancing with the Stars is meant to end relationships. And then Finchy hit me up and was like, "No, no, we're good." Well, yeah, all they're... fucking each other by the way, though. Like I've yeah. heard from the inside so that I. essentially mm. never let your partner go yeah. on Dancing with the Stars. And sadly, I got the Celebrity Grand Prix. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, who else? Rob Millsy Mills, who's oh, uh, Rob Millsy Mills, star of stage and screen. Yeah, and hates when I mention the Paris Hilton thing, so <laughs> oh, I won't. He's a good lad. I he love is, Millsy. Um, you know what? I like Millsy too. Yeah, he's, he's a good fella uh, and very talented. Tommy Little. Comedian Tommy Little. Comedian Tommy Little. Yeah. He's driving in the Celebrity Grand Prix. Yeah. Um, Tommy Little. Comedian Dave Thornton. I remember Thornton. in the old days, I'll tell you a little Tommy yeah. Little story. Uh, in the old days, he was like our go get person at Bloody Triple M. And somebody sent me a, like an Xbox or a PlayStation or whatever to Triple M in Melbourne. Right. And I don't play like computer games. Yeah. And they were like, oh, where should we send it up to Sydney? And I said to little Tommy Little, who was helping us out on the Is show, right? mate, would you like an Xbox or a PlayStation or whatever it was? And he was like, yeah, I'd love one. Oh, how cool. And despite the fact that I gave him an Xbox or a PlayStation mm-hmm. or a Sony, I don't even know, I don't even know what the names of them it are. It was probably a Walkman 10 a, years yeah, after they were popular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I gave him a Commodore 64. Yeah. He didn't even thank didn't me. Didn't even like it. Uh, he still managed to be successful. He should just be at home smoking bongs and playing video games. That um, didn't work out. Look, I won't, won't run through the whole list. I've already okay, done that was 10 the highlights. Were any, like, was look, there, there were other great people in yeah. it, but you know, right, okay. I'm not going to mention them all. All right. So who won? Oh, no. Run me through the whole thing. Okay. Wanna, so on the Saturday, the you have to drive... You do five laps, and it's all about your lap time. It's not about. It's not a race on the Saturday. It's oh, all okay. about so best lap time, best lap, best lap, you know, qualifying. Like qualifying. It's qualifying. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I didn't really think too much think about strategy. That, just by the way, do you think that the international race car drivers, who are amongst like the most like sexy sports stars in the world, you know, yeah, they combine danger yeah. and glamour, and you know, suits, helmets. They go around the, the world. Edge. Women just throw themselves yeah. at them. They are the rock stars of the sporting world, Absolutely. right? Do you think they think it demeans them that a bunch of no-name <laughs> fucking celebrities get to kind of drive around first? Like, that would shoot me at the comedy festival. If they're like, oh, Will, we've got this new thing. Uh, before you go on, Mike Larkin, the weather guy, is going to do a couple of his weather puns. The new thing. The celebrity, the celebrity joke off before the real show. Hey, that's a good idea. That's better than your Red Cross idea. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you, the problem was for me, I got, I guess what you call it white line fever. Like as soon as we got out there, I was so excited. There was so many parties during the week. Um, no, I was so excited to be driving on Albert Park. So (laughs) Scafey said, I call him Scafey, Scafey. kind of tight. Scafey said to everyone, guys, I know you're excited. You're about to drive on Albert Park. Yep. This, if you listen to one thing, listen to this. Okay. On your first lap, even your first two laps, familiarize with the track. Yep. Test your brakes, right. okay? Nice. Stop hard, brake, right. ease around the corners. Just yep. get, get to know the track. You got four laps, get to know the track. Don't just... Don't. I absolutely gunned it. Right. <laughs> and was the fastest yeah. lap on the first lap. First lap. This is the great thing. It yep. meant that... Because it was covered on TV. It meant oh, there right. was a graphic came up. First lap, fastest lap. Sam Mack. Sam Mack. Yeah. My mates are taking photos of it like, what's going on? Right, here like, we go. You don't even have your lot. You don't drive in Sydney. <laughs> you don't even have a car. I don't have a car in Sydney. So I'm leading it. Right. And um, then on the second lap, I spun into the gravel. Yep. But not just a little bit into the gravel. I spun into the gravel so far, they call it the kitty litter, that I couldn't get out. So I tried to accelerate, yeah. nothing, just rocks flying everywhere. I tried to reverse, rocks flying everywhere. Can't believe Michael Winslow's <laughs> coming to the podcast. <laughs> it's part of my new show at the festival. <laughs> you want to hear it again? <laughs> anyway, so the worst part That's the was- cat in the litter, right? That was an impression of the cat. <laughs> yeah. It was a giant cat, right? <laughs> You're right next to the crowd, uh-huh. and they're all taking photos. Like, yeah. look at this idiot! Look at this! And idiot. you can't be nondescript because your name's in huge letters <laughs> on the back of the car. Yep. So it meant that I had to be towed out of the kitty litter, yep. and I was a DNF, a Mark Webber. I did not finish. Did not finish. Which meant I had to start at last for the main race. Oh, so your first lap didn't even count? No, my first lap. Was it the fastest lap was, of qualifying? It was more than 30 seconds slower than like what other people were doing once they actually had done a oh, few right. laps. Okay. Like, it was right. not a fast okay. lap. Like, okay. I was just the only guy Every, who yeah. didn't test Everybody else was <laughs> testing, testing their, their brakes. brakes. They were. And you were testing Probably your Probably adjusting their air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> we're checking Turning the on the radio. Yeah. yeah, all of that. So I just One start. guy stopped to get his white window squeegeed. <laughs> yeah. like, I had to start, start the main race on the Sunday, Grand Prix Sunday yeah. at last, last, 20th. Yeah. But that and makes for a heroic story. Well, when you stall it, it to could, the, of the race. It could make for that's a heroic what you want. Story. 
It's only five laps though. Yeah. So that's not a lot of time to well, take. How much out. do you need though? If you're good. Well, I. I how much do you need to beat Tommy Little? I beat Tommy Little. Oh, you did. Yeah, oh, I beat really? Tommy Little. I ended. I was quite proud of this, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I came a respectable ninth. Oh, I think that's pretty out of twenty. Yeah. How so, many? How many were DNFs? Three or four. But still, but <laughs> still, still, yeah. Who did you overtake? Who, who can you? Who can you give the finger to? As like Tommy someone, Little. Tommy yeah, Little. I yeah, took him. Um, uh, Lydia Lasser. Lydia Lasser. Yeah. Okay. Lydia. La- Lydia. <laughs> that's a like, that's a vocal warm up. I can't even say her <laughs> From name. From the Winter Olympics. Yeah. Um, and oh, a few others, but uh, I was quite happy with that. Yeah. No, I, that's I came ninth in the yeah, in the alleged good. celebrity challenge. Yeah, I like that. And we now have our cams license, which means we can we can actually go and drive at proper tracks around Australia. Right. We just need to have the right. You know car. the best thing about that? <laughs> What's you that? will never do that. <laughs> and I knew that as they never. handed me the license. You will never ever do that. As they were handing me, I was like. Like, yep, this is just going to go on the wall. Were you at Triple M when uh, Limo and I uh, got to go out to the Holden Testing Centre and drive the the Utes around? I don't think so, but no. it sounds like amazing client integration. Right, that's what it was. We were brought to you by the uh, all-new Holden Ute. And, uh, <laughs> I never said that on air, though. Didn't do live roads. Got integrity. Take the money, but don't do the live roads. But the worst thing is you're now doing it for free. Oh, no, I'm fine. This is ironic. I'm allowed to, I'm allowed yeah. to mention whatever I want for free. Yeah. I just don't mention things when the man's paying oh, me. Because I was paid people sh- know that my word is my truth. <laughs> I was paid a shitload for all that Red Cross stuff we spoke about right, at the yeah. start of the podcast. Oh, fuck, man. The Red Cross. Constantly paying people off. Oh, money back. Yeah, Sam, Sam's walking around with John Aloisi's blood in him. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need to give the international people... Uh, John Aloisi, he scored the fucking winning goal that got Australia into the World Cup <laughs> yeah, of soccer. Yeah, I think that means a lot to Australians. I'm not sure people in Brazil are going, oh, where were you? Well, you made a Craig Thompson joke about 30 <laughs> oh, seconds sorry. into this podcast. I forgot. And he's a disgraced Australian politician that most of Australia have but forgotten about. he's worth the Google. Yeah, no, it's true. You know, have a few But chuckles. yeah, don't do it at work, NSFW or whatever, yeah. NF not safe for work. work yeah. yeah, so NSFW. you guys are driving... The uh, all-new oh, Holden Ute, The all-new Holden Ute. So they took us out to where they test the, mm-hmm. the cars, the race cars, and then they got us in the car with the professional drivers and they took us on like hot laps and stuff around oh, the thing. But then, this is my favourite bit, they let us drive ourselves like around with the driver. Are you a car person? I know Limo's right into it and I know that you owned a really beautiful... Oh, yeah, but no, I'm not like a... Like, a rev head? I'm not a rev head. An adrenaline junkie? I'm not an adrenaline junkie. I'm not a... I can't remember the other Donut one. enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> a GE. Yeah, the old GE. I, um, that might be the name of the episode, though. Donut enthusiast. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I... Um, uh, no. I'm, uh, the short answer is no. I, I like... Uh, I like the old cars. I like the look of an old car. I like driving like a nice so car. So more of an appreciation yeah. of that's a lo- nice looking car, how yeah. beautiful is how that's made as opposed I don't know to the, I want to go fast. Mate, one of the things I had to do when I had the Mustang was I had to – like I didn't realise it, but this is one of the things when you have like mm. a beautiful vintage car – is that you have to know about your beautiful vintage car. Because people are going to ask you, you questions. It, people ask you questions. Oh. And if you can't answer them, like people look at you like so betrayed <laughs> and so horrified. Because when yeah. you have a car like that, they assume that Absolutely. you're really... So in- what did you do? Did you do like a cram session yeah. of just study like, like oh, yeah, the top yeah. 20 things you need to know? Yeah. You're like writing them on your hand just in case... I know. really was though. Like I <laughs> really? had to learn what the engine was. What's and- the most impressive bit of that trivia that you I still retain? I don't remember any oh, of come it. come on. All right, what about this? So what's it got under the hood? I mean, engine. Yeah. 
Um, so anyway, someone stole it. So let's move on. I, I I haven't got a car since though. This is the longest I've ever gone in my life without a car. Eighteen months now. So without a car. Yeah, so. I'm about I'm about twelve months without a car. So they um uh, so they took us out in the Utes, let us drive the hot laps. That was really fun. Uh, but then this was the cool bit. Uh. They did. Uh, we got to do all the like maneuver tests, like you know through the witches oh, yeah. cones and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have this massive skid pad Great. in the middle of like this giant area. So basically, even if you know the car spins doesn't or matter. anything goes wrong, yeah. does not matter. There's no way that it can go wrong. And they basically just tell you that. So they take you through and they show you how they drive it. And then they just like as you're going through, they just sit there and yell at you. <laughs> like, they yell at you like left, right, like and you're really? just jamming and like slamming the. And then then we did donuts. Oh, really? We were donut enthusiasts. <laughs> awesome. Because they take you out on the skid pad and they basically just get you and then they get you to like, you know, break and floor I've and I've never donuts. done a donut. Was that the first time? First you... time I'd ever done a donut. So how do you do a donut properly? Oh, I'm still not sure. <laughs> and I'm glad that I don't know because <laughs> it was the most fun I'd ever had in my life. <laughs> oh, it was so good. I, ne- I never had felt more like... Like a man, you know? Yeah. And it's amazing when you're in that situation because we were like filming and recording stuff for the radio, obviously, product integration. Right. And, uh, but you're trying to be like radio guy, which is like the most hilarious thing to be is scared and like, you know, blah, 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 radio yeah. guy. But like you're in front of men who are good at driving cars <laughs> and you're like, I don't care about the people who hear this. I want to impress this guy who's really good at driving cars. Yeah, I want to impress this one person as opposed to the 100,000 or so. And they were brilliant. You know, like oh, those, you know, people who are adrenaline junkies, Sam, mm. they, um, they have this like, a lot of them have this very laconic like, you know, approach to life. You know, yeah. you've been skydiving or anything. They always have this, like, really dry sense of humour, yeah. you know, and that sort of thing. And the guys who were, like, driving these cars, same thing. They oh, just well, they've seen it. it all before. But like. they also just loved it. It was, like, nothing better in their day getting two dickheads from the radio <laughs> and doing donuts and scaring the shit out of them, you know? <laughs> Good day, Barry. Good day, Ian. <laughs> that's cool. I miss that show. We, I think we've spoken about it every time I've every been time. on, but that's on all right. podcast. We posted... Oh, well, so you haven't been back since we posted uh, Black Thunder. No, but you know what? I've had a few people mention that they they listened to it for the first time when you posted it. And Mike Sideshow Anderson, Sidey, uh, who you work with at Triple M. Who's a a particularly hilarious uh, chips ad at the moment on television. I saw that the other night. That made me laugh. And he's a production guru. Like he's won every award you can win in radio. Yep. In fact, we had his 40th birthday the other night and uh, he's won over here in, in Australia. The radio awards are called ACRAs. Yep. So I thought, you know, this is a guy who's got 27 Acras. So He's got 27 Acras. 27 Acras. Wow. I presented him with his first Sam Macra. Oh, nice. Yeah. You're all about the branding. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. what I love about you. And he was very excited was, with that. Did he think it was, did he throw out his Acras? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, these mean nothing anymore. Yeah. Like people who have the order yeah. of Australia and now oh. there's going to be sirs and dames and they're these are useless yeah. honours. I want the $4 award that parodies the Acras. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, he's been listening to it lately. And he's just been excited about it and mentioning characters and saying, was that based on blah, blah, blah. And, and we're so like, yes. It's lived yes. on. <laughs> Even if it's just with six people, it's lived on. Oh, no, S- Sam. We're both very proud of it. Well, the amazing thing about it, and this is what I can pass on to you, because I probably saw more of this feedback than you did. Um, I was, firstly, people really liked it. Um, but the thing that I was overwhelmed by. Hang on, I, is this is April Fool's? Oh, no, it was yesterday. No, it was just, that's fine. Even in America, it's not April Fool's anymore. It's after <laughs> right, lunchtime. Right. We're fine. Um, 
I had people from the states who listened to it and and all sent me feedback. Well, not all, but like, but the, all the ones that I got feedback from, everyone said that they like they thought it was funny and it kind of made sense. Really? In anyway, like there was enough. They have similar stations over yeah. there, so there was kind of enough stuff in it. Obviously, that you know the story translated and it kind of. Are you saying it's global? It's global. Global thing. It's, it's probably a global brand. <laughs> we should get back on the radio, <laughs> but That's just so do that cool. show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is so cool. That, yeah. Just to think that someone you know who hadn't even heard the radio show has heard that series can you imagine though sam if like in one of those situations like we've got a uh friend here in australia heath who plays a guy called chopper yeah and his character became bigger than himself yeah and this year at the festival he's finally trying to say goodbye to this chopper character so that he can go back to being himself and do different things you know but the chopper thing is way more successful than anything that he's ever done yeah what if after i'd posted black thunderbelly right (laughs) People, your popularity had just gone through the roof, but people didn't want you to be you. All they wanted you to be was the character from Black Thunder Valley. Cockers? Yeah, cockers. <laughs> I'd if, bloody do it. Yeah, you do it? I'd run with it. Yeah, I mean, if it's going to get me a few more Twitter followers, where do I sign? What about you? I mean, you're reasonably successful. Congratulations. Right. Thanks. I appreciate but, that. Oh, but you played yourself in it. I did. So that, that was it. And yeah. I was only in it for a bit. It was fine. I'm you fine. knew that it was going to go global. I knew. Eventually it would go global. I actually ran into one of the people that uh, we base many of the lines of dialogue on uh-huh. in an office in a radio station the other day. How was I, that? Oh, no. Well, I mean, I don't think he's heard it. <laughs> Didn't hear it when I went there the first time and hasn't heard it since. <laughs> they've, had, they've tried to hire me back a couple of times since Ooh. then, though. So that's always, you know, that's always nice. That is good. Yeah, based on not having heard any of the stuff I did last <laughs> time or since then. That seems no, it was, like the it was great fun. And um, it's called Black Thunderbelly. Yep. And you can uh, find that episode. Uh, it's a bonus episode and it's still up. The lawyers haven't contacted yeah, us yet. So happy days. I'm pretty excited about that as well. Yeah. Uh, so what else is going on, Sam? We should finish up in a minute because I've got to do a show tonight. But uh, uh, what else has been going well, on Well, I've just world? been um, enjoying Comedy Festival, you know, yep. trying oh, to so see what, as, how, many shows. how many shows have you seen, Sam? I've only been here for two nights and I've seen only two shows. But I want to see more. I'm here for a couple more. I uh, saw Dave Thornton. Dave Thornton, which uh, Australian uh, well, comedian, tall and pointy, was he tall, doing and, tall pointy, and pointy? Yeah, which was excellent. Uh, it disturbs me as a name for a show. I'm nothing but a big fan of Dave Thornton, and I hope he will do this show at some stage. Mm. But I just feel like I wouldn't want to sit in the front row for a show that's called <laughs> Tall and Pointy. Well, a few Sounds girls like did. A few have girls are more than happy to be. He would in the have front your row. eye out. <laughs> do you have occupational health and safety? He will have your eye out. <laughs> he had a hole in the crutch area of his jeans. Really. Yeah, like, and do you it, mean on purpose or? I don't think so. He did mention it like towards the end. He goes, "I'm sorry, you know, I, I realised that I wore these jeans and there is a hole, um, you know." And he apologised to people in the front row. Have you ever like been on stage <laughs> doing a show, then realised towards the end or that my, something like my wasn't quite hanging right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 I did yeah. do support for Publisher of the Penis at Melbourne <laughs> University Uni. Oh, really? Yep. Uh, I have never taken my pants Sorry, when you say did support, I just imagine you holding them. Yeah, literally did support. I just cupped the balls. (laughs) I was a fluffer. It was early in my comedy career. Things have worked out better since. But there are still photos somewhere if you Google them. No, I... um, 
I have never taken my pants off on stage. I'm very proud to have not taken my pants off on stage in 19 years. Took off my shirt once playing uh, celebrity theatre sports. Did you? When I was about 25. Yeah, right. took my shirt off. It was a sketch. Like, you know, it was a theatre sports thing. Yeah. And all the other members of the team took, like, it was like, it was the scene where well, we were yeah. and it was just like one of those, like, hey, mate, it's theatre sports. Key the ball you know in the, the air. Is? Number one rule. Yes, and. Yep. <laughs> That's what you got to yeah. do. You can't be a fucking block when everyone else is like, we're going to take our shirts off. And also, everyone else in the team was in worse shape than me. So I thought, <laughs> you know what? Like, I might not be in the greatest shape, but yeah. it's okay. Out of the, out of the four, I'm still going to do okay. Yeah. So, um, but I've never had an incident or an accident. Um, I wear black, so sometimes even if you get like a – a spillage in the wrong place or whatever you can't really see and do you wear the su- you wear the same sort of uniform for yeah. the entire show entire yeah? show yeah if you went into it's my- generally just black jeans and a black shirt yeah. isn't it and if you went into my cover like there it'd be like casual Batman because <laughs> there's six identical black shirts really hanging in that cupboard just like in the other room and like three pairs of black jeans is it a big decision when you decide on your uniform or not because you just know that it's black every year well it's some version of black no 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 it's it been black for a while I do think yeah I do think about it. So this year I've gone uh, – I used to wear like a like a T-shirt with like a jacket over yeah. the top was like what I yeah. used to wear on stage. And this year I'm wearing like a like a, like a a black shirt sort of thing instead. And again, that was just a bit of like – I felt like at 40 it was kind of time to get out of a T-shirt. But at the same time I didn't want to get like into a, like something really formal looking. Right. So I kind of thought that putting the collar on of the shirt, but it's kind of a casual looking yeah. shirt. But also because I'm in LA and stuff, I want my – what I want is my uniform to be the uniform I can use every night. Right. And sometimes when you're playing like a, above a taco shop or like you know, a Chinese restaurant <laughs> yeah, or whatever, yeah. rocking up with your jacket on and like... A bit it's, too much. It's a bit too much. There's is people it? in tracksuit pants, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. Th- so I kind of felt like I wanted to decide on something that would be wherever I went. I could do a gala and I did the gala in the same thing, but I could happily go down and play a little, you know, dinky room and we're, and wear the same thing. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, the other show that I've seen is the Fancy Boy Variety Hour. I think I mentioned this to you the other day. I've been hearing really good things about that show. Mm. I've been really – like it's the, it, to me, it's kind of the buzz show of the festival, at least the underground buzz show. It seems to be the only thing that I'm really consistently hearing from people. You should yeah, go and have a look at this. Absolutely. Um, I heard about it through. Uh, another comedian Carl Chandler yep he said this show is one of the funniest things I've seen people go and see it and I did that night at the Imperial and it's it's hard to describe but it's basically a parody of what you see at comedy clubs so when you know where are you from what do you do for a job there's a lot of that but they (laughs) they play a lot of characters and to give you the sort of tone of it there's a character called Mr. Cum yep and he spends (laughs) he spends six minutes just talking about his love of cum right and I know you might hear that and think, well, that, that doesn't sound very yeah. funny or very clever. When you see it, right. I challenge you to not laugh. I think that that's a show, and this, I've heard this from other people as well. It's a, a perfect show for a festival. It's almost like, um, you know, when they give you like uh, an amuse-bouche at a restaurant because you're meant to clean your palate or like there's a part where it's like the <laughs> yeah, palate yeah. cleanser of the meal. Yeah. They're going to be like, using that on the next poster. If you've been seeing like a bunch of comedy shows, yeah. there's nothing better than to go and see something that takes the piss out of everything you've been seeing, <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, you know, the great thing is um, because I'm here doing some work with the breakfast TV show that I work on called Wake yep. Up, they said... There was like a little moment after that show where I yeah. thought, "Get on, Mister Cum! What a way to go out!" This is what. And this Sam's is- at the comedy festival. What do you got organised for us, mate? 
Well, um, there's been so many shows, so many, uh, you know, so much great buzz about some great shows. But there's there's one guy that I think Breakfast TV needs to be introduced to. Let's welcome him. It's Mister Cum. Mm. He finishes by drinking his own cum. Right. So, could you imagine that at seven forty in the morning? Well. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if it rated really well. The next day, sunrise, and have the cash cow ejaculating on Koshy's face. Oh, sorry, you mean the cum cow? The cum cow. <laughs> Rebrand. Rebrand. You're the cum cow now. What? <laughs> I was a lovable cow that dispensed cash. <laughs> oh, you're still dispensing. Don't worry about that. That is my favourite segment. I'm bre- I haven't. I don't watch. As we were talking before, but I don't I get a chance to watch much breakfast television. But the other morning, I lay in bed and sampled, mm-hmm. went around all the shows. And every time I've ever watched them do the cash cow segment, <laughs> to explain this, on one of the breakfast shows, Sunrise, they have like a person dressed as a cow. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Did you not know that? Oh, shit. Oh, well, did you not know that it was a person? Yeah, did had no idea. It was an yeah. Cow? This is like finding out Father Christmas isn't real. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, I have some young uh, Exactly. Listeners. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> if I they've don't. got this far, I they don't. can't be that young. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you didn't switch off, I'll have to miss the cum. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> um, the, the cow gives away cash, but it's you've got to yeah, it's all in the name. You've got to send uh, in your number, and then they call you live on air. Yeah, and if you pick up the phone and answer whatever you're meant to answer, I wake up with sunrise. I wake up with like yeah, that. right. Yeah. I've seen them do it. I reckon over the last six or twelve months. I'm gonna say only five or six times. Yeah, but. No one has ever answered. <laughs> like, basically, here's that segment where we prove no one's watching our show. Even the people who've signed up to watch our show for money. <laughs> Such a stupid segment. But anyway. Well, they've got the rebranding opportunity now. All right. So. We, sh- we, should, um, uh, we should finish up. Mm. It's getting towards uh, the hour mark, and I do have to do a show tonight. Mm. Um, so, uh, Sam, where can people find you? They can find you at, uh, at Mr. Sam Mack That's on right. Twitter? Yeah, on Twitter. And um, for people in Australia, <laughs> oh, we don't know when this is going up, do we? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm no, working no. on Wake Up, which is a great show on Channel yep. 10, doing bits and pieces on that. In fact, I'll be doing some comedy festival stuff over the next week or two, which you might want to check out. And uh, for any soccer, football fans, I do a thing called the B-League on Fox Sports, a little comedy football thing. You can follow us at the B-League on Twitter. And uh, what about, uh, have you done any lights, camera, action of late? No. In fact, I think you were the last episode I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's people, no reflection on your performance. If people, well, I mean, sometimes it's, you know what I mean? Like once you've climbed Everest. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what do you do? that too. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm going to do any more. Uh, I think it just depends on finding the right guest yeah. who's up for it. But uh, they're all up there. You can watch them all on YouTube. It's a little comedy series that I've done with uh, a lot of great comedians. And uh, me. Yeah, a lot of who we've mentioned in this episode. So uh, that's just on YouTube, Lights, Camera, Maction. Uh, if people uh, want to see me at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, I am here until April 20. Um, the weekends in particular are selling out pretty quick, but if you want to come on Wednesdays and Thursdays, they're always the best nights to get the best seats. So uh, come along. That would be really cool. My friend Justin Hamilton, who you will have heard on this podcast, as well as Lindsay Webb and a bunch of other comedians you've heard here, are all doing comedy festival shows. So I do encourage you to go and see them. But I, I went and saw Justin's show on Sunday night. I ran into him briefly yesterday. How's he going? Oh, the show's awesome. Yeah. Like, it's so good. It's one, I think it's probably, it's amongst the best things I've ever seen him do, right up the top end. Like, you know, I'd be splitting hairs on some other stuff. I think this is just, it's excellent. It's, 
great stand-up, but it's a good story and it's just it's well told. He's he's killing it. I thought he was really doing a good That's job. That's so great. He's um yeah, I've I've always loved Justin's stuff as well. Such a smart, funny guy. So yeah, yeah that's definitely one to check out. If you out. enjoy like structure and like his has a much more overt structure than mine, but not in a heavy-handed way, in any way. Like, he's somebody who has a real sort of, you know, he writes them almost like their plays meet stand-up or, you know, there's a real... He, he said he was inspired by Neil Simon, you know, when right. when he was writing the show. And you can kind of see that in That's the... That's what it, Mr. Cum said as well. Oh, that he yeah, was inspired yeah, by Neil yeah, Simon? Yeah, yeah, which was bizarre. Yeah. yeah, I mean, influences can come from anywhere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, after the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, oh, I'll, I'm doing set list on the Sundays. People always ask me when I'm doing set list. Uh, I might drop down after my show to some other ones if it's still running, but the Sunday is the only night where we don't clash, so I'll do both the Sundays of set list. Fan fiction comedy starts on the 7th as well. Uh, we've got amazing lineup every night, and it's at 6 o'clock this year. Uh, I think 9.30 on Monday nights, but like 6 o'clock on weeknights, so a great show to catch early, maybe before you see something else. It's such a great show, and we always get really fantastic guests. Can I plug someone just quickly? Uh, who I only met for the first time yesterday, Demi Lardner. Oh, she's fantastic. She's I've, I've she seen little, raw comedy. Yeah, I've seen little bits of her stuff yeah, on YouTube. She's great, mate. She's very, really very good. funny. She's only I think nineteen or twenty years old from Adelaide. She was not born when I started doing this festival. Amazing, isn't it? And she's uh, doing a show as part of the Comedy Zone. Um, yeah. So and tra- that's a tra- great show. Yeah. Um, I, I wish I could now remember all the names, but the girl from Brisbane whose name is Tens. Oh no, I'm gonna fuck that up. I'm so sorry. If, if I'm sure she's not listening, but. Um, <laughs> people will know who I mean. I've only seen her a couple of times, but she's really a delightful comic who, whose name I do know. But is her not stage name's my... Mrs. Cum. Mrs. Yeah, Cum. So. That's not a way to make that better, Sam. <laughs> Sorry, what? I was trying to give this person a nice shout out, and then I re- realized that on this spot I could not think of a name. And then well, I was trying to. Do you feel... need to Google it? Could you Google it? Yeah, okay. Could you? So she's I'm going to say. Zone? I'm going to go with Jen. I'm going to say her name is Jen. Part of Comedy Zone. Yeah, but this is my prediction, and let's see how off I am or how on the money I am. I really hope that I'm on the money because this would be a terrible way to finish this podcast. See, these are things you couldn't do on radio. No, well, yeah, you couldn't or wouldn't. <laughs> um, maybe I shouldn't even do them on a podcast, but let's have a go. <laughs> I want to know own. what her name is. She's brilliant. She's from Brisbane. She has a really offbeat sense of humor, and I think she's really, really funny. Cool. Um, uh, and her name is? Comedy Zone. All right, here we go. Run through who's on. Aaron Chen, New South Wales. It's not Aaron Chen. Surin Jayaman, Victoria. It's not also. Demi Lardner, who we just mentioned. Yes. Becky Luke. Becky! Shit! Not Jen at all. I said Jen. It is Becky Lucas from Queensland. Becky Lucas. And Jeffrey Windle from Queensland as well. Sorry, Jen slash Becky Lucas. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sorry, Becky, for for what I said as well. Oh, no, this is terrible. This is not a good note to end on. No, this is not a good note to end on. Uh, Should we do another hour? Yeah. <laughs> That'll make it better. Quantity. <laughs> if it's an awkward bit in the middle, no one will remember. If it's an awkward bit at the See, end. radio, we just go to a cold chisel song yeah. right now. And It'll already be, be playing. Or Kesha. Uh, so, um, uh, after the Melbourne Comedy Festival, I have three weeks in the US and I have some new dates to talk about. So, uh, I'm going to be at the Acme Comedy Company in Min- Acme Comedy Club in Minneapolis from the 22nd of April. Uh, the next week, I am at uh, I am in Buffalo, uh, New York. Buffalo, New York. Uh, I think it hilarity is, but I will check the the name of the venue. I just got that booking today, but I'm doing a week there, um, and then uh, the week after that, I'm at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival in Portland, Oregon. Uh, I. 
and I'm there for the whole weekend as well, the whole four days of that festival. And uh, then I fly back to Sydney and I do the Sydney Comedy Festival with my Illuminati show. So if you are any of in any of those weird and wonderful places uh, that don't really seem to make sense as a touring <laughs> schedule, seeing that I'm now in Melbourne and Sydney is one hour flight from here, but I <laughs> seem to have to go halfway yeah. around the world before that. But no, that's what's happening. You just love so, the in-flight movies so much. Man, I'm just getting up those Qantas points so they can then <laughs> halve the value of. And so they're worth... Anyway, let's not... Let's not go down this rabbit hole. It's been a great episode. Thank you for having me. I'd like to thank God. I'd like to thank Mr. Cum. (laughs) And I'd like to thank you guys, particularly Becky Lucas from Queensland, who's very funny. Please go and see the Comedy Zone. Zone. That'd be great. Cheers, Sam. Thanks, guys. Thank you.